assume communication is going on that's supposed to be good communication. Yet I think it's important to learn a few facts here. The facts are that we can state words and those words to us are absolutely clear in our minds. Now, what somebody else hears can be something very, very different. God created us with a desire for meaningful connection. One of the keys to this connection is communication. Of course, there are times when communication includes confrontation. In fact, we've recently seen confrontation on a broad scale. We've also seen how some of this confrontation has been healthy and some not. Today on Hope for the Heart, June Hunt asks us to look at how we communicate and confront. Are we fostering connection or creating division? Let's get started with today's program. Now, have you ever thought, when people think about you, what do they think is communicated? Have you ever actually evaluated it? We just kind of assume communication is going on that's supposed to be good communication. Yet, I think it's important to learn a few facts here. The facts are that we can state words, and those words to us are absolutely clear in our minds. Now, what somebody else hears can be something very, very different. Part of the hearing, if you will, isn't audio. Many people assume that the heart of communication is the way a sentence is phrased. You know, how do you craft a sentence? And at times, I know that if when I've had difficult conversations, I've actually had to write out, how can I phrase this where it would be received the best way possible? And I'm hoping. And so I'm assuming that how I craft those words is going to make the difference. Sometimes you'll see a child, teenager, could be a husband, being called. Uh, Billy, uh, come on in now. Billy, come in right now. As opposed to, come on in now. Or, let's consider this. Oh my goodness, you are so smart. Or, <laughs> you're so smart. <laughs> One is, I'm being sarcastic. I'm not saying, you are so smart. We can say, what a beautiful day. <laughs> what a beautiful day. Opposite meanings. Instinctively, I will just say, when I was doing it, I didn't plan on it. I put my hand on my hip, and I did that saucy kind of... <laughs> Sometimes, you will see someone, and you don't have to hear a word. It's not tone of voice. It's that glare like sometimes it's a snarl like, amazing what we can communicate physically and we may not be aware of it at all tell me something can you tell if somebody really doesn't like you do they have to say I don't like you why do you know it yeah tone of voice there's nothing like someone who sees you and then they just kind of intentionally turn away not a word spoken. And we just really need to be aware of that. I remember being in a business meeting years ago, and all this technology was being talked about that I did not know. Almost everyone around the room also did not know the technology. I remember specifically asking a question. I said, well, now how does that actually work? And the person almost directly across from me did this the roll of the eyes, 
with a lifted, followed chin. You know, do you know what? I never asked another question. It did shut me up. We need to be aware. Am I communicating when I really don't want to? Now, think about what is meaningful. I want you to think about that right now. What is meaningful and why? God is the one who made you to want relationships. And I'm talking about connected relationships. God made you with the desire to connect. You can think, well, I know some people I don't want to connect with. I understand that. There are abusive people. There are people who are absolutely unrepentant, you know, bad company, corrupts good character. We're told that there are certain types of people that we don't need to be with. But the deepest part of you actually desires, craves meaningful connection. You see, we're created with three inner needs. And go on and write this down. Three inner needs for love, significance, and security. When we have unmet needs, we can seek to get those needs met illegitimately. Now, the truth is, we can say, God, you created me, and I had a hard upbringing, and I didn't receive the love, significance, and security. And by the way, that is where you should have been nurtured from parents nurturing you with love, significance, and security. But if we were to ask for hands in this room, how many of you did not in your upbringing receive love, significance, and I didn't get the question out and all the hands go up. But let me say, you had no control over that. That is not your fault. What we've got to do is to figure out how can I get my God-given needs met legitimately and learn to literally allow the Lord to be our need meter because he is the one who made us and realize the reason I'm saying that communication is so important is God spoke the earth into being with a what? A word. Jesus is called the what? The word. He is the personal expression of the unseen God when he came to earth. The point was for him to communicate that he desired an intimate love relationship with us. That's the point. Some people think God is about rules and regulations. That is absolutely not accurate. God so loved the world. That's an emotive word. That's a relationship word. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we see there is a relationship where we are to have healthy interaction, healthy connection with God and with others. Sometimes we just have to unlearn difficult ways of handling life, difficult ways of trying to get our needs met. I'd like for us to listen to a call. I recently joined a church. I was going to Bible studies, and there was this man there who owned a print shop who did a lot of free work for congregations in the area. Yes. But he needed some help, and he's like, oh, I'll take anything. I'll take some part-time. Mm-hmm. I'll take some full-time. And I said, I'll, I'll do it, whatever. I quit my job. I jumped over. And suddenly, about a month or two later, this guy just became completely like night and day from what he is in the church. He's like the lead singer in the choir. Uh-huh. He's the first one that, that greeted me when I came into the church. 
I mean, I could really go off on some of the things that I think that he does wrong. Are you indicating that he's doing something unethical? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if he's being unethical, then that's against the law of God. Right. How do I face him with this, though? I mean, he's my boss. I could mm -hmm. lose my job. Yeah, you could. There's a possibility you could. Let's consider your options. With what you've heard, where would you go with this? What options does he have? To find another position. Okay. He could find another position. He could confront him. A lot of times people do bail out. They just say, I'm not going to take this. Have you ever been confronted by someone and you didn't want to hear what was being said and yet you really needed to be confronted? You know, that can be a great gift you give to someone. Because even if it's rejected at the moment, the Spirit of God can take what you said and confirm the truth into that person's heart. We'll go back to the call. Should I assume that he is cheating some of the customers? Well, no. No, I'd that's say, not it. I'd say on the personality front, he is insincere. Like you see him, you, hey, how you doing? Great. He loves you. And then he turns around and the first chance he gets, he's hacking you at the bitch, you know. Wicked two-faced. Wicked two-faced. Hmm. He'll reprimand employees in front of other employees and he'll say, don't do this. And then he'll turn around and he'll do it. Obviously, he's the boss. He can do whatever. But to reprimand you in front of the other employees. And then uh -huh. I go into church on Sunday, and I hear him singing in the choir, and he's so pleasant, and all's calm, and hey, how you doing? He's shaking everybody's hand. It, to me, it's very disturbing. Mm -hmm. I've been very shaken by this. Okay. There's like a red light. Like, wait a minute. Whoa. What's interesting is he's a new member of the church. And I hurt for people like that thinking, oh, wait a minute, don't judge Christ by people who call themselves Christians. Is he powerless in this situation? No. He has a choice. And that's what he needs to see. He needs to consider the options, which are the best options, because has he yet communicated his displeasure? No. He needs to understand, well, if I were going to do it, how would I do it? You're listening to Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and she'll be back in just a minute. And later on in the program, she has a special message for you. Today, June is sharing a pre-recorded phone call about confrontation. This particular scenario relates to the sensitive issue of confronting a boss. More of what you're hearing today can be found at hopefortheheart.org. Right now, let's get back to this conversation. As June and our caller look at his options for confronting this dilemma, and listen for the biblical principles about communication and conflict resolution. Well, you have several choices. You're not totally powerless. Right. One of the most helpful things for us all to realize is that at times we have blind spots. We are wrong about something, but we don't see it that way. Right. We don't, we're not aware. A friend is one who doesn't just keep silent, but is willing to confront. Scripture talks about the difference between the kisses of an enemy versus the wounds of a friend. A true friend will be honest with you, will confront. There could be a way to say this which could make a difference. God can use the truth and convict his spirit. Many times words are spoken and initially they are rejected. But over time, God's spirit continues to bring back that truth and convict the heart. 
Well, do you think he's rejecting what I'm saying, or do you think he's maybe considering it or getting it? Because some people say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know. No, he's open. What does it take sometimes for people to change? What does it take for us to change? Conviction. Conviction. Knowledge. Pain. 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 Adversity. When you find out life isn't working well, but if nobody says anything, if it's everybody just walking on eggshells, is that going to help the person who is being overbearing? No. And so at times, that's the point. It's really a gift you give to someone else, though it's not a welcome gift of trying to confront somebody who's abusive. But that may be the very thing they need. So this man may have kind of a high opinion of himself. And then if he has somebody who says, I'm not having a high opinion of what you're doing, that can be a type of pain that he needs to hear. But how it's done makes all the difference in the world. We'll go back to the call. Let's talk about how to confront him. That's going to be an important thing of how. Be very aware that even if he were to reject your words, that doesn't mean that they're wasted or lost over a period of time. That confrontation will come back. Memories will come back. In Proverbs 27, verse 5, it says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. The kisses of an enemy may be profuse. Now listen to this. But faithful are the wounds of a friend. Thank God you just brought that up. That is exactly what I was looking for. Do you have a pen? Yes, I do. Okay, I want you to write this down. Because the important thing is not what I say, it's what God has already That's said. Right. That's right. It's Proverbs 27, verses 5 and 6. Wow, beautiful. So what you were talking about is communication. How do you really communicate what you believe would be important? Now, think about the people who you have had in your life who've confronted you. Do you feel that it's been done in the right way, or do you feel the wrong way? Both. Okay, it's good that you've had both. Some people can't even think of anybody who's confronted them in a kind way. I'm going to be presenting something. It's the sandwich technique. Typically, we don't change unless there's sufficient pain. When those words are a type of rebuke, those are going to be remembered, and that's when we have an opportunity to truly change what we're doing. So, do you like hamburgers? Oh, yeah. Okay, I do too. <laughs> yeah, oh, Just yeah. Just had one tonight. It's fantastic. Except I had a turkey burger. There you go. Think about a soft piece of bread on top and a soft piece of bread on the bottom. So you've got the bun, two soft pieces. Now the meat is going to be in the middle, and that's how I want you to approach this. First, you start with something complimentary. It could be something like, I just want to thank you for the way that you made me feel welcome when I first went to church. Everybody needs encouragement, and I just want to thank you for the way you talked with me. Now, you think you can say that part? Sure. Okay. So that first piece of bread is a type of praise or encouragement. The scripture says, encourage one another and build each other up. That's First Thessalonians 5.11. So what you're doing is you're doing something biblical. Now, the second is the meat of criticism. Something has bothered me. It's impacting my heart. Now you're talking about your heart, what you really feel. Instead of just attacking, talk about your feelings. It's really bothered me when, and then you tell something that's very specific. The way that you talk to the employees, 
it's not like how you talk with others in other situations. It's like you're talking down to us. Mm -hmm. It really is demoralizing to me. I feel very discouraged as opposed to encouraged. And you were so good at making me feel encouraged. I want to do the best job I can, but it's very hard when I feel so discouraged. Do you see what you're doing here? You're talking about how it's impacting you. Right. You could give certain specifics because usually that's needed, or he may just come back and say, what are you specifically referring to? Be prepared to give examples, but also be prepared that he may excuse it by saying, well, but that was it. But it doesn't matter because if it's the truth, the truth ultimately can be confirmed to his heart through the Spirit of God, right. if he will allow it. And but I see how I can through the very steps that you just brought me through, absolutely. Well, now, there's a last step, and that's that last piece of bread. It's a type of encouragement where you're saying, I really believe that you can be an excellent leader, an excellent motivator of everyone who has anything to do with you. You might have just gotten into a pattern, a habit. Mm-hmm. But I'm confident that if you set your mind to it, You can overcome this and be a truly godly leader and example for us all. Wow. You appeal to him to be a godly leader and example. I'm going to send you some material on communication, and my hope is that it will help you. This will be a gift to you from our ministry, and I thank you so much for your call. Well, you think he got it? He got it. We're going to learn the sandwich technique, or you can call it if you want to, a hamburger technique. Now, I remember one time, there's a man who was undercutting me, and I would have people come to me and tell me I was being undercut. They would tell me the exact words that he was saying. And I thought, you know, I don't really know him. He ended up coming in kind of in a position over me. But I had said to him, if there's anything I could do to be of support, I want to do it. Well, all of a sudden, he never once came to the class I taught, and yet he was saying these things, like for example, one time I think I was teaching through the book of Judges, and I did one lesson, and it's a rare thing for me to do, but it was on spiritual warfare. Then he started telling people I was obsessed with spiritual warfare, that I would see a demon under every chair, and I was going, what? I mean, it was rare that I would even mention anything like this. And so finally, I went to him. I remember trying to think, now, how am I going to do this? I said, you know, I'm so glad that you came. I know that many people have been encouraged by the encouragement you've given them. Then I presented, have I offended you? Because I thought, maybe there's something I don't know. Have I hurt you, uh, wounded you in any way? Oh, no, no, no. And I said, well, I just have some people coming to me because of some things you've said and they seemed to be concerned. And so I told what was said. And so he apologized. And it kept on. And so finally I went to a dear friend of mine. And I said, would you help me? <laughs> so the two of us went. And then I had his wife there because his wife started coming to the class. And yet again, he had never come. So now I was trying to think, what can I compliment? <laughs> and I thought, well, I normally don't do this. But, you know, he is nice looking. So I said, you know, I just... One you know, I was, I was so glad when you came because what you present, when people see you, they can see someone who's more mature. And then I brought up the subject again. And I said, is there a reason why you were saying these? And again, I had the specifics. 
since I had specifics and because he respected my friend a lot, he had no defense. Well, I never learned the why of this, but I just want you to know there are people we won't understand why they have it in for us. But that doesn't mean that we have to dish dirt on their level. If you're throwing dirt, just remember you're losing ground. <laughs> so start with the bread of praise. Go to the meat of the matter, whatever the matter is, and don't do it in an accusatory tone. Try to put the eyes in there as much as possible. You know, I feel da-da-da when there is criticism or whatever. Just try to get away from the you. You did this, you did that. Then move to the bread of encouragement. It's exhortation saying, you know, I really believe that we can move forward this and, and that uh, I, I'm sure you'll be an encouragement to others. The point is you have to work your wording carefully. I do believe this is where you craft. And it could be that what you would do is go to someone else and you would say, this is what I'm going to do. Now, what do you think about my approach here? That can be very helpful. And if you have a godly friend, if you don't have a godly friend, pray for a godly friend who will be honest with you, helpful, and where there can be iron that sharpens iron in your communication with others. Well, that's such a great visual. If you're throwing dirt, you're losing ground. And that's just one of the principles to take with you today. This is Hope for the Heart with June Hunt, and she'll be back with an important message. For a deeper look into healthy confrontation and the sandwich technique that June talked about today, you'll want to order from our Keys for Living on this topic of conflict resolution. And you can do this at HopeForTheHeart.org. Now, as I mentioned earlier, here's June with a special message. Hi, this is June again. Thank you for being with me for Hope for the Heart over the past 34 years. Soon we'll be launching a brand new podcast. The number of people who listen to podcasts is rapidly growing. So what a great time to share hope with even more people, helping them find God's truth for today's problems. Now you'll be able to hear us anytime, anywhere. To do this, we are transitioning away from this daytime program. So Friday, October 2nd, is our final broadcast. As we look forward to the podcast, you can get daily messages of hope on my Facebook page and our nighttime program. And I invite you to visit my new website, junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org. Remember, there are no hopeless situations, only those who have grown hopeless. June, thank you for sharing the news with us. We're all grateful to our listeners for joining us on this radio program over these 34 years. Your prayers and support have meant so much to us. Now, we want to make sure that you know that June and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart will still be here after this daily program transitions off the air. You can listen to June on her late-night radio program, Hope in the Night, and her new website is coming online in October, and that's junehunt.org. This is just one more way to find June anytime, anywhere. And we'll, of course, still have the existing Hope for the Heart website. Now, another new area of ministry here at Hope for the Heart is our Lifeline to Hope caregiver training. And here's more about that. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, 
plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. lifelinetohope.org. Well, we're really excited about this Lifeline to Hope caregiver training. That website, one more time, is lifelinetohope.org. As we wrap up today, remember that there is hope, no matter the circumstance. And we'll be back tomorrow with more about this hope, right here on Hope for the Heart. 